Yeah. Warm? Yeah. Because it's outside? Yep. Except that's if suicide uh, for teens, and especially with gays, it's, it's, it's a really tough kind of um, combination. You have this really overbearing religious culture, and then people obviously react to that. So, yeah, it's a beautiful place. The nature is one of the most... It's it's unbelievably breathtaking if you get a chance to be in Utah. The people are another thing. <laughs> it's systematic, so. You know, speaking of that movie, and, and one thing I always bitch about on the radio, something I miss from back in the day, and I'm sure you got one, but I miss that marriage of movies and music. Right. I'm curious if you had, like, a movie soundtrack you used to bump back in the day. I still go back to, like, I've 80s soundtracks are genius. Like, if you listen to the Top Gun soundtrack, <laughs> like, that Cheap Trick song, like, all those songs, actually. I it's think like, about, like, GNR and T2. Yeah, people used to write incredible, incredible soundtrack material. I think that there's a, there's, because of the commoditization of music, I think, and because of the, the state of capitalism, I think that we good art and, and good attempts at making creative art are kind of being buried in, like, unfortunately buried in algorithms and, and other people's ideas of how to make more money and more money and more money. It's like we want better art instead. Yeah, I just wish that they would get back to that. I felt like it was such a good synergy of music and mo exactly. movies coming together, you know. Have the U's been a, a part of any you think of? We've been in quite a few soundtracks, but they were nothing, nothing super, um, like, intricately special. I, we were on the first Transformers, which was okay. kind of groundbreaking. That was a, kind of a big one. Like it was kind of cool. Had the song in there, and that, yep. I feel like that was kind of like the last soundtrack to try that, to, to have that big, you know, synergy of music and movies, and that was right. kind of really the last one. Yeah, super funny. I was on a plane. I totally even forgot that, that they used our song, and I'm just watching it. And it's the first chase, chase scene, and it's a pretty big moment for the song. And I was yeah. like, what? It stood up on the plane, like, hell yeah. It's really exciting. Not a huge Transformers fan, but we were in the second one as well. It was pretty cool. We've been in quite a few. We did a Clash of the Titans thing. and um, Yeah, we love movies, so I'm with you, man. Let's get the synergy back together. Speaking of uh, the 90s, kind of back when that used to happen, let me play this little game with you, a little drinking game. Do you drink? Nope. No drinking. That's all good. Um, but you can play along still. Stuff you talk about with friends and stuff. You know, a couple years ago there was the big four of heavy metal, thrash metal, mm -hmm. Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take one, take it to the 90s and add one. And I call it the Flannel Five. Okay. And so I need from you out of this list, who would be your number one? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, uh, STP, Alice in Chains. That's really tricky because I've, I mean, I love Nirvana. But I mean, Pearl Jam, I think, speaks to a little bit of a different kind of mindset. What made Nirvana great was the apathy in, in, for that time. It was so negative and, and depressing. But I think Pearl Jam has proven that they are positively the greatest rock band on the planet. Eddie Vedder is just, he is your um, quintessential, he is the definition of positive, um, free-spirited, um, like, heavy-duty front man. He's got it all. You know what's crazy for me is to think back to that time period, like when we first saw those videos and everything, it felt like Eddie Vedder was the craziest one out of the bunch with yeah. him, woo, and all that, and yep. he's the only one standing. It's still alive. It's still up there. and still doing it. Exactly. And you know every Pearl Jam song, if you go to the shows, it's like, wow, that's pretty epic. Last one for you. Are you a new metal fan? I'm an everything fan. So do one more. Add one more, go new metal, and call it the new metal six pack. Okay. This is Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot, 
system of it down. That's really cool. I'd like, uh, I guess, rage, of course, but um, some some to be said for for Lincoln Park as as people. Chester was such a such a beautiful human being. Peace. For sure, rest in peace. It's uh, it's tough. I I I know that struggle. I struggled with addiction nearly my whole life. So I think that uh. Really special to mention Lincoln Park, but Rage Against the Machine fucking slayed every one of those bands. Holy shit! That, that first album, <laughs> epic, epic, yeah. Warm track, all that killing in the name. Of. Can't touch it. What do you think about Profits of Rage? It's awesome. Yeah, we just played a couple shows with them. Really cool to be able to see. Awesome, man. And um, last one for you. Kind of a heavier topic. I don't know how to feel about it, and I'm trying to wrap my head around. I'm asking everybody today, but. How do you make heads or tails of Azalee dying? You know the situation with that band? I thought you were talking about the book, the Faulkner book, and I that, love the book. It's That's tricky. where the band name came from. <laughs> yeah, so there's a metalcore band out in the early 2000s on Metal Blade. But the singer hired someone to have Kill his, his wife. Kill his wife. Yeah, did some time, and now he's out, and now the band's back together. Oh, okay. Well, everybody deserves a second chance, I guess. And not, I'm not... I wasn't born to have a place in this world to judge other people, so I've made mistakes in my life. Subjectively, nothing as gnarly as that, but that's subjective, I guess. Everyone right? gets a second chance? I think so. I mean, music is music. Sometimes artists have been worse than that. Sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist? I think you always do, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you always do, because there's no perfect people out there. So if you're looking around and trying to find a hero, I mean, I'm sure Eddie Vedder's done some shit that we'd probably be like, I can't, I can't, I can't back that. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. That's true. Uh, but maybe he's not. Maybe he is your your quintessential hero frontman. I don't know. Last one to go out on a kind of a higher note. Um, the one band that none of us can escape. At some point, they enter our lives. The Mighty Metallica. Right. Take me back to I when you first. Mighty Mighty Boston. So I was like, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Different band. Uh, Take me back to when you first heard Metallica. When, where, how, where were you? I got to go see Metallica when I was like 11 or 12 on the Black, the Black Album cycle with, uh, they toured with Def Leppard. Nice. And I remember I was way into Def Leppard at the time, but I'd never really... Some sugar on me and all Exactly. That. I'd never really heard Metallica, but it was, uh, I thought they were evil at the time because I came <laughs> from Utah and I grew up religious, so I thought that they were evil. Little did I know, they were the furthest thing from it. <laughs> Do you have a Metallica song when you think of the band? <clears throat> um, yeah, Mr. Brownstone. I'm kidding. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not a huge Metallica fan. Enter Sandman? Killing in the name of? Oh, yeah, that's rage. <laughs>